Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast, Reacts. Uh, I am Chip Brown, joined by our fearless leader at Horns 24-7, managing editor Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? Chip, I'm doing probably better than the Texas football team right now. I'll say that. Um, This has been a really weird kind of few days uh, following the lost Iowa State, but I'm hanging in there. How about you? Yeah, it's um, it was a really, really um, fascinating uh, game, uh, kind of a microcosm of the Texas Longhorns season. They had the game in control. They were up 10 midway through the third quarter, and then uh, Tom Herman decided to go for a fake punt um, that resulted in Iowa State uh, um stuffing that fake punt and getting a field goal out of it. And then with uh, fourth and one at the Iowa State 13, instead of kicking a 30-yard field goal to go up seven, which made total sense, Right. Tom Herman went for it, failed, and uh, was left with a four-point lead that Iowa State was ultimately able to uh, drive the field, score a touchdown, and then Texas found itself chasing that three points with a 57-yard field goal attempt from Cameron Dicker that barely missed wide wide left, and that effectively eliminated Texas from the Big 12 race and immediately brought on questions of, uh, okay, what what are the powers that be at Texas going to do about Tom Herman? Because Taylor... The thing I have to say, I've covered Texas for almost 30 years. I covered the Dallas Cowboys. I've been through coaching changes at both places, and I've never seen, um, you know, the the powerful, influential donors turn on someone like they turned on Tom Herman this year. And it it wasn't just the sloppy, um, disjointed play against Texas Tech and TCU and Oklahoma. Uh, Texas losing two of those games. It was the eyes of Texas and not having the team buttoned up, uh, standing together for the eyes after the TCU game and then the Oklahoma game, even though uh, Crystal Conte had been clear about what the mission was for each of the coaches with their teams uh, to make sure that, look, you don't have to sing the eyes of Texas, but you do have to stand together. Otherwise, it gives the appearance that you are divided. Right. And football couldn't get that right. And it happened in dramatic, poor fashion against Oklahoma. I'm going to say that, again, when you talk about Texas and anytime there's a possibility of a coaching change, there are influential donors who who chirp up and try to do what they can to, in their mind, help the university. And so they start getting ideas. They start putting out feelers. They start uh, getting a a sense of, well, if not Tom Herman, then who? And it's quite clear that their uh, choice is Urban Meyer, who is a free agent, as one of those donors told me. And, and, that it's a rare rarity to have a three-time national championship coach as a free agent without a buyout. And so here we are. And if you've been following along at Horns 24-7, and you should um, take advantage of our 75% off offer 
Uh, it's unbelievable. It's unprecedented. It's, it's just right now. And you'll be able to get in on all the inside information because we've been writing stories nonstop since the end of the Iowa State game about what's going to happen next. And um, President Jay Hartzell and Athletic Director Chris Del Conte now, Taylor, are the ones who are going to have to negotiate and determine if Texas is ready for what could be a $100 million um, coaching change. Because you talk about having to buy out Tom Herman's contract, that's $15 million. You have to buy out his assistant coaches, which is close to $10 million, if, unless the next coach were to keep some of these assistant coaches. And there are some ties to Urban Meyer, Chris Ash, Stan Drayton. Um, Mike Yersich was at Ohio State with Ryan Day right after Urban Meyer left. But uh, then you have to pay Urban Meyer if that's the guy. And if it's Urban Meyer, it's probably going to be $10 million is what I've to- been told. $10 million a year. That would make him the highest paid college football coach ahead of Nick Saban at $9 million, Jim Harbaugh at $9 million. And, and then you got to pay him out five to seven years. You got to pay his assistance. It turns out to be between 75 and a hundred million dollars in a pandemic as the legislature is about to start convening. And in the past, Texas has been hesitant to make such huge financial uh, decisions, especially regarding football when the legislature is in town. So if Texas can get all that done before the legislature meets up in January, then um, maybe they can say, oh, sorry, our bad. We, we, we went ahead and, and did this, you know, one of those uh, ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Type exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, and don't forget about Kevin Altife, the, the chairman of the Regents Board uh, at Texas. Uh, he's going to have something to say about this as well, because anytime the university spends more than a million dollars on a contract for, for anything, uh, the regents have to approve it. So this is going to be a fascinating uh, time. Uh, Texas, it always is when there is coaching consternation. Uh, but Taylor, obviously, it didn't work out for Texas on the field against Iowa State, and it probably should have when they were up 10 midway through the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, this is something, Chip, they led the game for 58 minutes and 35 seconds. Like, think about well, that for a second. You uh, know what I mean? That is, I mean, it's it's mind-boggling, to be honest. And I, I thought that Ricky Williams, after the game, summed it up in a way that I think is in a sense, a little bit very indicative of the Tom Herman era at Texas. And it's the coach is supposed to help the team, not hurt the team. And Tom Herman, if this loss falls on him, the fact that we are having these conversations about if he's going to get fired, if the University of Texas in the middle of a pandemic is going to drop $100 million to get rid of him, it's all because of him. You know, this is not some conspiracy theory against Tom Herman. This is not people are out to get him. This is this is a warranted situation at this point, in my opinion, Chip. And the fact that Tom Herman is not a very personable guy, he's not a guy, he's not Mac Brown when it comes to his relationships with people in general, whether it's 
players, whether it's his coaches, whether it's the families of, you know, coaches, whether it's um, the boosters, the fan base, he's just not that type of guy. And when you're not that type of guy, you are hurting yourself because you don't have people in your side. You don't have them on your side. You don't have people in your corner to support you. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Chip, because you, you've you been around this a lot longer, but have you talked to a big money donor who has been like, nope, Tom Herman is my guy? No. no like ever? Have you ever no. heard that come out of the big money? Not just this year, never? Right. No, I mean, I think that there was a push for Tom Herman, obviously four years ago. Right. And um, it's interesting because I talked to a couple uh, of people who said that if um, if Chris Del Conte would have had to make a move four years ago, it probably would have been Dan Mullen, who was at Mississippi State at the time, which I found interesting. Texas um, Big Money got enamored with Tom Herman as one of their own as a graduate assistant under Mac Brown. And he was hot at Houston and, and there was a lot of, you know, he was the hot coach. He was the young, hot coach. Um, and, and so it didn't take long though, Taylor, to get to your point that the, that there was a bit of a disconnect. Um, even, even those who supported Tom Herman coming in, uh, that first year felt disconnected from him because they weren't quite sure what he was doing. You know, he wasn't playing the best players. He wasn't playing Armonte Foreman. He wasn't playing Chris Warren. And he was trying to get his culture in, but he wasn't explaining it to the big money guys. And that's where Mac Brown was so crazy uh, over the top almost with his communication. Um, I wrote in a story in the Insider last week, quoting Houston Nutt, uh, the former Arkansas and Ole Miss coach who was on a trip with Mac Brown overseas when they went to visit military bases. And Houston not noticed that Tom or that uh, Mac Brown had three different cell phones and and Houston was like Mac what what are all these phones for and he said well this phone is only for the top donors and then his second phone was for like the the next twenty five top donors and he would group text them from those phones so that they knew it wasn't his normal phone it was their special phone. And he was giving them updates and sending them photos from the trip to the military base. And he told Houston Nutt that he would update them after practice on those phones. I mean, they, the donors knew what was going on with Mac Brown. The donors never knew what was going on with Tom Herman. Tom didn't take that extra step. I don't know that he ever asked Mac Brown, hey, how do you manage this? I don't, I don't get that feeling. But I think Tom Herman felt like Mac Brown was also a little soft and that his teams were going to be tough. And they were tough. They have been tough. Uh, I, I, I will give that credit to, to Tom Herman. His teams are tough. They're physical. They have played close games. His worst loss is a 17-point loss at TCU his first year. That's it. I mean, Mac Brown had way worse losses in his first four years at Texas, um, including a 63-14 loss to Oklahoma in 2000. So, it, it just different styles, but you're right. Tom Herman didn't have people, hasn't had people in his corner because we don't know until we hear that Tom Herman is fired. We don't know. I, I can tell you this. Chris Del Conte um, is very aware of the optics of everything. The, the 
the getting rid of Tom Herman without a losing record, the, the, the fact that you've, you've got um, all the change that's been happening at Texas. It seems like every three years you're getting rid of your football coach. There's been all kinds of change in leadership at the top of the university. And at some point you got to sort of plant your flag and, and give it a chance to grow. But I do think that Tom Herman hurt himself this year with the way that the eyes of Texas was handled. And I think he hurt him specifically with, it hurt him with Chris Del Conte. Yeah. Because Del Conte had gone to Herman and said, we've got to have the team standing together. He said that in coaching meetings. That was backed up by Eddie Reese and Mike White and Edric Florial and Carol Capitani, all coaches at Texas who I got on the record to, to tell me how, how our team's handling the eyes of Texas, what's been, what's been told to you by Chris Del Conte. And, um, and then, you know, if you've been following along the insider at Horns 24-7, Chris Del Conte, according to sources, went to Tom Herman after the TCU game and said, I can, I'll talk to the team and explain it. And Tom Herman said, no, I'll handle it. And then the OU game happened and the stand with Sam uh, awkwardness happened. And, and, and Taylor, there's, there's a, there's an exhaustion, not only among the fans, I think, and it doesn't, it's not about the fans. Unfortunately, Um, it is about money. It's about finances. It's about what's right for the university of Texas, but there, there's an exhaustion, I think, even inside the program because, I mean, after the game, we were hearing rumblings about players opting out for the rest of the season. And, and I know the coaches had to do a lot of talking to players on, um, on Saturday and Sunday to, to, to tell them, hey, look, you're part of a team here. This, this is about your teammates. It's not about um, anything else, but I think there's a, there's a number of players who don't want to go play Kansas state and don't want to go play Kansas. Now that they've been eliminated from the big 12 title game. I don't know if it's because Kansas has a high rate of COVID or if they're just done, but it's, um, there's a lot going on right now with this football program that, uh, we will obviously catch up with Tom Herman on Monday, but, um, that, it just uh, it felt like once the loss to Iowa State happened, some some cards started falling, some some dominoes, some some crumbling started happening. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know I've I've talked to some sources close to the uh, football team, and the talks about players opting out actually started before the Iowa State game. From what I've been able to gather, it was a lot. It was essentially along the lines of. If we lose to Iowa State, I may opt out because what's the point for to play the rest of the season? And that happened before the game. And you know, Chip, the thing with when you're talking about the crumbling of the program and just the you know the situation how Tom Herman mishandled the eyes of Texas from the jump, basically. I mean, I is there? Do you get the sense? Because sometimes I get the sense from Tom Herman when I hear him speak. And I get the sense from talking to several sources that have been close to Tom Herman, both at Texas and other places, I've gotten the sense that he's thought he's untouchable in a sense. And so there is a, the, the ego and the, the um, you know, just kind of that harsh personality that he does have at times. I think that this is 
the the beginning of his undoing. And I think it's been going on for a while, to be honest, because when Tom Herman was hired at Texas, as you mentioned, he had the support. I mean, they went they went to fire Charlie Strong and Tom Herman was hired in what, less than 24 hours. Yep. And this is a coach that had two years of head coaching experience at a not power five program. Like, yeah, he was a good offensive coordinator, both at um, Iowa State first and then at Ohio State helped lead Ohio State, you know, to that national championship. He took over a talented Houston roster when he was hired at head co- as a head coach. When when Texas made the push for him, you know, I think a lot of people believed in, as you mentioned, he was the young up-and-comer. But I think in Tom Herman's head, from what I've been able to gather, you know, in talking to people who have been around Tom Herman for the last, you know, four or five years – is his mindset was, oh, I'm, I'm good at Texas because they just fired a coach in three years and you can't, you can't get rid of a, another coach, you know, shortly after that, that's going to be detrimental to your program, which at a point is, is accurate in a sense, you know, Texas couldn't, you know, th- we're not, we wouldn't be talking about this situation this year if Texas would handle business. I mean, I think you and I both are ones that, I mean, heading into the year, I'd never thought Tom Herman was on the hot seat. I didn't like, I didn't think he was going to be on the hot seat prior to the pandemic starting. And then for sure, when the pandemic hit, I mean, it's hard to justify the decision that would be to, as you mentioned, fire, you know, him and his coaching staff, which will come with a price tag of $25 million if none of them are retained. However, the constant, just pompous attitude, the, the openly just um, you know, k- kind of disobeying in a sense. I don't know if that's the right word because it sounds like a parent or something, but his boss, I mean, he threw Crystal Conte under the bus a little bit and in a you know, another Texas site wrote basically Tom Herman's side of the eyes of Texas thing, which you you know re- or, uh, debunked immediately by getting four coaches on the record saying <clears throat> those reports that this is on Chris Del Conte's shoulders are far inaccurate it's you know we all got the message it was very very clear with us so it's just that i just i get the sense that now tom might be a little bit in scramble mode because i think that he's thought all along that he was untouchable and i think that he that he had reason to think that leading up into the season but then the way they played those games you know the way they've played in games to begin with i mean they haven't dominated anybody except anybody in conference the only one that they dominated was utep and then that the picture of sam ellinger on the field doing the eyes of texas with nobody around him i mean that you know they say a picture is worth a thousand words that may have been worth a hundred million dollars that picture right right because the big money donors were furious Mm -hmm. and they were furious at jay hartzell they were furious at chris del conte and when, when that starts happening, they, those two, Jay Hartzell, Chris Del Conte, look at Herman and say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we told you this was important and you didn't take the extra step. You didn't have your team buttoned up. I don't care what you think about this personally, because I, I tend to think that Tom Herman has sided with his players on this and, and that's fine. But it's kind of the remember the Titans thing. It's we're going to, whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it together right. because that's about us. That's about our team. Now, what we do in terms of singing the eyes of Texas, fine, but we're going to stand there together because that's us as a team. We are together. 
And Tom Herman left that leeway for the players to kind of do whatever they wanted. And I, I could, I mean, we all probably could tell from what he said in those Monday press conferences following um, the OU game that he said, I will continue to stand. I will continue to invite those who are comfortable standing with me. And if, if they're not comfortable, that's okay too. That's not what was laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are his words. And I think you're right. I think that has as much to do with the powers that be turning on Tom Herman because look, sloppy, undisciplined football to start a season again from Tom Herman is frustrating. It's happened over and over and over and over again. It was Maryland the first two years. Um, obviously, they they played LSU well and, and then had the, the collapse more later in the season in 2019. Um, but then again, this year to, to have the close call at Texas Tech to just look completely lost and giving up big plays and penalties and um, turnovers and and everything else that were happening against TCU and Oklahoma. And I get it. It's a pandemic and, and they didn't have time for the coaches to, to get together with the players and a truncated off season, all that. But Tom Herman, Tom Herman made the decision three years in to cut loose of his coaching staff. That's, that's what got Charlie strong fired. Yep. So why does Tom Herman think he's immune? I mean, just because, you've got a winning record and your athletic director says it's okay for you to change out some coaches. You change out seven and, and then bad timing, a global pandemic hits and it, it cuts off your ability not only to communicate with your, your coaches to the players and have the normal bonding time that you'd have, but it also impacts recruiting because everything turns into a dead period. And, your new coaching staff can't go get face-to-face time um, in person with with recruits. And so recruiting starts to suffer and it all becomes a, a chain effect. And as you said, Taylor, you lump all that in with a personality that is not very approachable, that you that people have to sort of chide into doing the right thing. And that's that becomes problematic from a from a much broader scale. So then you present this, this carrot out there of Urban Meyer, who's won national championships at his last two schools, and that becomes intoxicating. You don't want to be desperate. And this is where I think it gets interesting, and we'll kind of wind it down on this, Taylor. Okay, Urban Meyer's there. Is he the best option? If you're going to spend $100 million, is he the best option? Or is there a better option? What, is Dan Mullen still the guy? I mean, if Chris Del Conte might have hired him at TCU if he had to make that decision four years ago, not that Gary Patterson was going anywhere, but is, that, is Dan Mullen gettable? I mean, Jimmy Sexton's his agent. If you love Dan Mullen and you think he's the guy to be at Texas for the next 10, 12 years, you know, does anyone think Urban Meyer is going to be coaching in 10 years? He's, I don't know. I don't know Urban Meyer, but um, it's clear that Urban Meyer is a great coach. I mean, he's one of the best, top, top two 
I mean, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, last 20 years. So, but he's left the programs. He's left in strange circumstances. He cited health reasons at Florida when, um, you know, reports began surfacing about the 30 player arrests during his time there. And then at Ohio State, the, the Zach Smith situation, which Tom Herman ended up being involved in, right? Um, which was really strange. And of course, they did coach together at Ohio State in 14 when they won the national championship. Tom Herman was Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator. Um, and they have had a prickly relationship since Herman um, took over at Texas. But uh, that's a question that Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte uh, have to decide. They have to convince Kevin Eltyf, the, the region's chair, and that board, that nine-person board, to approve any of this. Because Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte can want something. But if that region's board says, no, we're not spending $100 million in a pandemic, then it's not going to happen. Right. And all of that has to be fleshed out before it can ever get to a point where someone's going to tell Tom Herman, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. So we're in this limbo right now. Um, the speculation's going to run wild. Tom Herman's just going to go on about his business. Uh, Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte have to make some big decisions, and then they have to go talk to the Regents board uh, about it if they choose to make a coaching change. And I know there are some who say, it's not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen uh, in this time because of the economic circumstances. I mean, Texas Athletics is in a $53 million shortfall right now because of the pandemic. And you have billionaires who are willing to write the checks for all this, but you can't say that publicly. Right. And so that's where this gets sticky because your entire university community, your professors, your deans, those who are fighting for research dollars so that they can um, do more important work at the university, see all that money being poured into athletics, and it raises red flags, especially at a time right now where people are more outspoken than they've ever been. So it's, it's not, the timing is horrible. Uh, but we'll see how um, we'll see how this happens. I mean, Jay Hartzell's a first-year president. Um, Chris Del Conte has been thrown into some unbelievable circumstances himself. He's got seven hundred million dollars in facility upgrades, and believe it or not, he's only thirty million short of the of the fundraising goal for the South End Zone, which is a two hundred million dollar project. Everything else, they've raised the money. Uh, that they told the regents they would raise before bonding the rest. Um, and, and so it's, it's amazing. I mean, and, and there's no doubt as an athletic director, if you're going to have these brand new championship facilities, you want to have the coach that you feel is the one that's going to maximize all of that. So a lot on the plate um, with, with what's going on, obviously, uh, with the Texas football program. And oh, by the way, there is a game next Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas uh, for the Longhorns. Very unforgiving to Texas. Right. Yeah. I think they've won what once there in the last eight years? They've won and once to, there since 2002. Yeah. Or eight times, I should say, eight tries because yeah. yeah. they had a staggered uh, 
schedule with K-State back when um, it was the North and South divisions. But yes, that is, uh, that's all happening. So make sure that you're tuned in uh, when we release the flagship podcast on Wednesday. And we will have a flagship podcast preview as well on Thursday. And um, Taylor, un- until next time, we'll be, we'll be digging and trying to keep everyone updated at, uh, at Horns 24-7. Yes, sir. We definitely will. All right. So for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, uh, thanks for listening to the flagship podcast, Reacts, and stay safe and keep the faith.